What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, welcome in. It is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. We are back in our studios in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam, still a little wiped out from our live event, I think, at, at Tanner's Bar and Grill on Rainbow in, in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, from the weekend, it was an absolutely incredible time. What did you think of that, Verderam? It's great. It was great. I, I had a fantastic time meeting people. Uh, I think of all of it, that was my favorite part. It was just putting names to faces, personalities to names. Um, although going to KC Beer and, and picking up enough beer that if I had been pulled over, I think I would have been brought up on felony charges. Um, I enjoyed that as well. Uh, I, I put it all in my garage because my garage, obviously this time of year is cold enough to kind of keep it cool. And uh, it was great. I had a couple of Pilsners last night. Um, so happy about that. But yes, overall, loved it. I mean, honestly, the hardest part was just you know, the uh, – the, the drive through Iowa is always something uh, something special, but uh, we, we we made it work. Yes, uh, yeah, that's right. You you drove. So um, what was what was that like? I know you're not a big fan of uh, of uh, you know flyover country <laughs> cornfields. Uh, yeah. I tell you what, when you have two little kids, um, seven hours apiece isn't the worst thing you've ever had in your life. Um, I didn't turn on the radio. I listened to a handful of songs off my phone. I listened to like one podcast and that was pretty much it. I just wanted to be in silence. Um, the ride out was, was great because I was excited to get out there. The ride back, it's like uh, seven hours. But um, if I had to do it again, I would do it the same way. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, if I can avoid flying, I will. Not because I, I, I don't. I don't actively like dislike to fly. I don't have a fear of flying. I just, I hate the whole process of getting there and parking the car and taking the bus over from the car, you know, from wherever the hell you park. And then right. you get in there and you get to go through all the crap and then get through the gate. And then, you know, if you're lucky, there's no delay. But if there's a delay, then you just want to drink yourself to death at the bar. Like, I just, if I can avoid that at all costs, I do. But, um, I also understand people who are like, you're an idiot. I would rather just be on a flight for an hour. My experience hanging out with you is you're a guy who likes to be in control of, uh, yes. of what's, of what's going on. Um, and when you're not in control, it drives you crazy <laughs> as, as, yeah. as having ridden on the bus with you coming back from the Super Bowl, Um, when the guy was making wrong turns, I thought you, I thought your head was going to literally explode. I can't. I, I, first of all, you're right. I, I'm very much somebody who likes to be in control. Second of all, I just can't stand like incompetence or 
like, I guess I'll put it this way. I will, I will not pay for many things. In life. I'm not somebody who's going to go out and spend money on like a lavish car. Or like I'm going to, you know, get a, a, a suit for $2,000. It's not me, but I will spend just about any money I have available to me for convenience. I, if if you can make my life easier, I'm all for it. The only thing I won't do that for is my landscaping that I just, I just can't do that. Like to me, my dad grew up or I grew up with my dad and he would, he literally maintained like 17 or 18 flower beds in our, in our yard as a kid. And to the point actually where people would stop their cars and get out and just take pictures of it. Cause it was, it was so perfectly manicured that it actually turned into a nursery that he turned into a business. Yeah. So I always feel so embarrassed. Like if my, if my parents come by, if, if we had a gardener out front, I would have to hide in the basement. Like, right. so um, <laughs> other than that though, any convenience you got, I'm for it. I, I did. I did just pay a guy 120 bucks to clean my gutters and this was a good decision. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, the last thing we need is me climbing up on a tall ladder trying to do any sort of physical activity. We, oh, first, first of all, I don't know how you are with a lot. Like, I don't mind heights if like I'm in a plane or I'm, I'm in a tall building, but like if I'm on a ladder, heights, heights and I do not mix. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I can do like, like 10 feet or whatever, but you start talking about 20, 25. I'm good, man. I don't want to get anywhere near that. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to speaking of all that before we get in this chief Texans game. Uh, it's funny actually. So, um, I love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday of the year, bar none. It's not even close. Um, and when I was growing up, we always spent Christmas just hanging out at the house. And then Christmas Eve was the night we would go to my mom's side of the family for part of the day, and then my dad's side because they lived like 10 minutes apart in New Jersey. But I always used to joke with a buddy of mine who's also as much of a Christmas geek as I am. He's like, you know, it sucks. Like, you got to spend Christmas with all these people you don't even want to see. But you got to do it because it's tradition. So we started Christmas Eve Eve, which is the 23rd, obviously. Nice, yeah. And we kind of started right out of college because like, it's a joke. We're like, we're just going to invite people we actually want to see, not the people like you kind of mandatorily have to see by society's rules. And we have now done it every year. This is going to be year number 14. Um, you know, it's a one year off because of COVID. We all couldn't get together. But other than that, we're rolling. And so this year, uh, we're having it at my house. And normally it's like 12 people, 14 people. This year it's like 30 some odd people. And so my wife, who's extremely excited about it because it means she can cook and bake all day long and that's her favorite thing to do. She's like, we need to clean the house. And so you're like, oh God, right? Like the house is not dirty, by the way, but like in her head for a dinner party, it's dirty. Yeah. So speaking of convenience, was like, I will pay anybody to come in and clean this house from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. don't care. So we we did. We brought we hired somebody to come in like the day before and just clean it wall to wall, ceiling to floor, whatever it takes. Because I I'll be the first to admit it. I just ate on it at the time and be. Like, <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'll sweep, I'll mop. I'll do- no no no, we got to take everything out of the fridge and wipe that. I'm like oh my god, that yeah. is an all day event with kids. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's no way we're not getting yeah. that done. So we just, we should just bring, bring them all and bring everybody in, bring a whole town's worth of people in. Um, 
I don't care if that makes me an, an asshole. That's what's happening. It, For I, any of you with, with with children, I I will never turn my. You can you can hire anybody to do anything for you, and I would totally understand. Hey, this uh, this podcast is uh, is a Chiefs podcast, and we're gonna get to that in just a second. But first, we gotta let you know that we're brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company at KC Beer Co on Twitter. KC Beer Co, uh, largest locally owned brewery uh, independent in Kansas City. They're the only one to focus on German beer styles. They hooked us up this weekend. They helped us get hooked up with tanners. They were there in-house. We were giving away KC beer pint glasses. And it's just an absolutely fantastic local business. It's been around since I think about 2016. You've got to try this beer if you're in the Kansas City area. It's absolutely delicious. We've been, as as Verderan mentioned, loaded up his trunk with KC beer on the way home. Um, Surprising that that thing wasn't dragging on the uh, on the on the ground between the beer and the 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 generous gifts that some people gave us at the live event and all the barbecue you ate. it's oh, a good thing it was just you in the that's car. That's really what should have been dragging on the ground was my my fat ass after eating <laughs> enough barbecue to last me a lifetime. Yeah, I saw somebody Jr. was like, "It was your car way down on the way home, Matt." Uh yeah. let's put it this way: if I had gotten pulled over, which of course I wouldn't because I obey all traffic laws, had I have gotten pulled over, uh, I would have had to answer some questions. I mean, nothing obviously that was like open container. But there was a good seventy to eighty beers in the back seat of the car. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot. Of, there would have been questions. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it was great. I, I like uh, Ulfric here. Matt Verderam, were you in The Sopranos? I was not, uh, but I will tell you, I recognize a lot of those things, like the opening montage, and I, uh, it is my favorite show of all time. So yeah. I am a huge uh, Sopranos fan. But yeah, no, hey, listen, couldn't have had a better time in KC. Uh, great meeting everybody, and of course, we were working on some some top secret stuff at KC Beer that, that will eventually be revealed to the general public. But it was a lot of fun. It was great, even when I spilled a little bit of grain. We we made it work. Yeah, it was fantastic. If you're watching out there on YouTube, do us a favor, please, and hit that like button, especially because we had a little bit of a technical difficulty at the start of the stream. So we need to, we're running behind. We need to get some people in here. Shout out to, to all of our members, many of whom I see are, are in the chat. What's up, Ashley? What's up, Tone? Um, good Alpha, to have you. First time making the show. Welcome. What's that? Alpha says, first time making the show live. Nice. nice. Join us. Welcome, uh, welcome in. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be S-O-L if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recording's locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm i not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, well, let's get into some Chiefs talk. Now, I guess we should just just really quickly, uh, and I think this leads nicely into our, our first topic in the rundown here, put a bow on that Denver game. Um, do you feel any better about the, <laughs> the Broncos game now that you've gotten some distance from it, or are you just still just furious with them? And also, no, what I'm, do you I'm say still, to <laughs> what, what do you say to people who are like, man, these you and I've heard this from a few people this week. Chiefs fans are so spoiled. You'd think you guys were were four and twelve. You know the way you react to to this, these types of games. But can you defend that a little bit? Yeah, I can actually. Like you know what? Look, I get it. Like I totally understand the person who's a fan of like I don't know the Jets and they're like they're finally decent and they've been terrible for years. And it's like, well, you know, listen, uh, I don't, you know, I, I just. I don't understand how you could be upset about a game where you win like that. It's like, okay, I get that. Like, I truly do understand that, right? At the same point, it's all about a matter of perspective. If you're just looking at that game for that game, then cool, you won. Who cares, right? Like, what? I I, I, I totally get that. But to me, the way I view the Chiefs now, and I think it's a, it's a great way to view them at this point because they're so good, I view it through the prism of, are they good enough to win the Super Bowl? Now, the answer to that question to me is unequivocally, yes, they are good enough to win the Super Bowl. But when they play the way they played the last two and a half quarters against Denver, it infuriates me. You're a better team than that. And you know what? It wouldn't have bothered me that much if that was like a one-off thing. that like They usually are really good about putting the hammer down and putting teams away. It wouldn't bother me that much. It bothers me because it's constant with them. They have these games they never, ever, ever play a full 60 minutes. It's always got to be some crap show at some point in the game, whether it's early in the game like it was against the Raiders, whether it's late in the game like it was against Denver, you know, whether you know, or it's like a middle portion where they, they could put a team away, but they don't really do it. And I understand it's the NFL, and teams are going to hang around. Denver hadn't gotten blown out much all year. But when you're up 27 to nothing as a team that can't score a point, can you please just beat them handily? Yeah. Like that game should not have been a heart attack in the fourth quarter. It shouldn't have been. So while I'm happy they won and and really as importantly got out without any injuries. Um yeah, I mean I think at some point it is fair to say like look, that performance, especially on the heels of that Bengals game, does not exactly make you feel warm and fuzzy inside when you stop and you think, "Okay, is this team good enough to win the Super Bowl?" The answer is yes, but the defense has looked like crap now for weeks on end. And the offense like it, they just turn the ball over constantly. And these are issues that they have to fix. Every team has issues, but those are the Chiefs' issues, and those are the issues I want to see them address. Yeah, fans get emotional. I mean, we even see it in our members-only Discord. It's like when the you know when when people start criticizing that everybody has feelings, and everybody's probably having the same feelings. Like during that game, everyone's just pissed, furious at them, and they're angry. And then they manifest in two ways. You got the people who are like, "God, they suck." You know, fire everybody. This is ridiculous. And that's how they're directing their feelings about that. Right. And right. and then you have the other side who are like, you guys are ridiculous. We still won the game. You don't, you're spoiled, you know, and, and really both, I think both groups are having the exact same emotions and they just, it depends on if they want to go positive or negative with it. And then we start fighting with one another. I think 
that we all need to take a step back in these situations and say the criticism is fair. This is a team with Super Bowl aspirations. It is Super Bowl or bust. It's Super Bowl or it's a failure, period. That doesn't mean we can't enjoy the journey, enjoy the all the wins that they're racking up. Right. But like that game, you know, that kind of lack of focus, not only could it rear its head and end their season later this uh, in the playoffs, yep. but it also, in that game, by after the first drive of the third quarter, Travis Kelsey's ass should have been nailed to the bench. Patrick Mahomes should have been maybe going to the bench soon after that. Right, because like, they're 40 points. Right. They should have been uh, – the, the yeah. game should have been in hand. And it, and when you've got veteran players like Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, who you need when the games really matter, and you monkey around, and, and a part of this is on Andy for the play calling, that put that throw the ball too much, it's a higher chance of turning it over, you know, all those things – that's frustrating. That should be frustrating to the fans and it should be frustrating to the players that they're yeah. like, man, you know, we need to step on this team's throat. That's what, that's what we're, that's what we should do. And we didn't do it. And I, I think that's part of it too. Like that's why, you know, and by the way, if you were at Tanner's, uh, let us know in the chat here. Um, we can say, Hey, again, but I, like if you were at Tanner's and you saw me and or heard me at points in time during that game, um, including apparently a handful of people who were in the bathroom or heard me talking bathroom. to you or just, just screaming at the Chiefs <laughs> during the halftime. Like I I get frustrated with them when I feel like there are just obvious ways to avoid catastrophe and yet they're intent on being the Hindenburg. Like just look, you're up 27 to nothing. You're playing a team that has no offense. I mean none. Like you can kneel on the ball and punt and you're good to go. Like that's it. You're going to win the game. And the Chiefs just have this thing about them that it's like they can't play a normal football game. And I, I, I will cite Pacheco as an example of this. We were talking on the, at the table, and the, we weren't on the PA system at Tanner's at the time, so people couldn't hear us. We were talking like, is Pacheco hurt? Right. We, like, we really were curious. Like, is he hurt? He, he had two carries in the second half for the last drive of the game. They were up the entire time. And it's you just sit there saying like, forget even forget even about the score. And when you're winning by double digits, and you have Mahomes, and you're playing a team that cannot move the ball, why would you risk giving them a short field? And why would you risk Mahomes getting hit? Like, what is the point? Now that's not to sit there and say, hey, pound it in the line three times and punt, but run it on first down. And if you pick up four, five, six yards, run it again. Right. Like, I, they have this thing about them where they just they don't want to do it. And, I, and it drives you crazy. Now, I'm not considering to say it's going to cost them that specific thing because when you're not running it, you're throwing it with Patrick Mahomes. I'm never going to sit here and say it's going to cost you. But, like, there's a time and a place for letting Mahomes throw the ball 45, 50 times. And there, there is a place that that exists. Like, there are absolutely games where you're not running the ball particularly well or you're playing a team scoring a ton of points against you and you've got to do it. And I get that. But when you're playing Denver – and you're up at 27 points, might be the time to run the ball a few times. Like, I don't think it's crazy to ask for that. No, and um, Pacheco was averaging, I think, like five yards a carry. In that he's first good? It, it, yeah, he's, he's very good. And I, I just, I don't understand it. And we did, we thought he was hurt. We, was like, we were like, this doesn't make any sense. And I see some people sometimes they say, well, you know, Mahomes is your, is your best weapon. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what else can happen when Mahomes drops back to pass? Somebody can dive at his knee. 
Somebody can sack him. He could get a concussion. You know, it's not none of those things are going to happen when he's handing the ball off. Right. And when you have a lead that big, you don't want to put your your best players in danger. You don't want to play not to lose, right? That's not what we're saying here. But we're saying it's insane that you have a pass to run ratio like that in a game that you once had a lead twenty seven to nothing, and you never trailed in. Right. You never trailed. The game. They were just like, doesn't matter. Gonna throw it every single down. Like that is the stuff that just drives me. Now that all said, now that also, let's bring it back to the square. They are 10 and three. They are having an excellent season. Everything they want to do is ahead of them. They they have four games ahead of them that they should win. Now, will they, you know, obviously you've got to play the games. They should win. Okay, they're a 14-point favorite this weekend in Houston. And the look ahead line against Seattle. Have you seen the look ahead line? I have not. Do you want to take a guess at what it is? Against Seattle, I'd say it's seven, seven and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Wow. I know. I, I was with you, by the way. I thought seven and a half. So it's yeah. nine and a half. So they are, I mean, they're going to be a double digit favorite at home the following week after that against Denver. And then against the Raiders on the road, and again, the Raiders do not need, I would be willing to bet it's again probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, double digits. It's probably nine, 10 points. You know, maybe, maybe if the Raiders are playing better before that, it's a touchdown, but it's at least a touchdown. So everything is ahead of them. They're very healthy. That that's the good news. They're getting Tony back potentially this week. Same with Hardman. You couldn't ask for more in terms of the long-term view of the team. I mean, they've got everybody they need, and they might very well end up being a one seed. I mean, in worst case, they're going to be a two, I would think, unless they they blow a tire down the stretch. So the Chiefs are in good position. There's no question about that. We would just like them to play a little bit crisper here with a month to go in the season. Like I, this Texans game, I'm going to tell you guys right now. I don't want to say I don't care what the score is because I mean, obviously I care what the score is, but I'm more concerned with how they play. Are they crisp in making their tackles? Are they crisp in uh, in their in their play calling with some balance? Are they crisp in not turning the football over or having a special teams blunder? Does Butker make his kicks like? Those are the things in this game I care about. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, that they win the game. But if they even show up and play a, a C-plus game, they're going to win this game by two scores. Like, I want to see them execute in a way that you're like, all right, they looked really buttoned up in this game. And it's not a game where you walk out and go, yeah, they won by 10, but they had three more turnovers, and they missed 12 tackles, and so on and so forth. That I don't want to see. Yeah, so uh... – you know, on the rundown we hear, is, is, and I'll just go ahead and say it, you wrote it, can the Chiefs finally win a game that doesn't give us a stroke against yeah. the 1-11-1 Texans who won't have their starting running back, who's like one of the few bright spots for them this season? The best player on the team. Yeah. Um, you know, the stadium is going to be empty. They're all banged up, and, they, and, and they're rolling out two quarterbacks for the game, which is something they debuted against the, the Cowboys who – they surprisingly gave a game to last sure did. Week. Yeah, I mean, look, the Texans, so I'm going to pull up their injury report if they have it up yet, and they do here. They put it up. Nico Collins, who's a who's their number two receiver, uh, he did not practice for a second straight day. Uh, Steven Nelson, old friend, did not yeah. practice with a foot injury, second straight day. Taylor Stallworth, another old friend, went from limited to did not practice. Derek Stingley, who's a really good young corner, uh, number three, Overall pick, he did not practice for the second straight day with a hamstring injury. Brandon Cooks 
Went from did not practice with a calf injury to limited. So we'll see if he's back this week. Maybe, maybe not. Um, they are the walking wounded, and they are and Damian Pierce, who you mentioned, is a rookie running back who's who's got a high ankle sprain. He's not going to play. He's listed as a DNP for both days, and he he will not be in this game. Um, I mean, look, they are missing. I would argue with Stingley potentially being out. Looks like he will be out. He's their best defensive player. Pierce is their best offensive player. Collins is their number two receiver. Cooks is their number one receiver. All those guys may not play. Like, and, and Cooks maybe is the guy who's in there. Like, even if all of them played, the Chiefs should win this game in a romp. Pierce is not going to play. Stingley doesn't look like he's going to play either. I mean, I, we're going to get to all the rankings and stuff that we always break down toward the, toward the middle of the show. I mean, if Kansas City can't go out and execute well enough to just win the game by, oh, I don't know, 17 points, that's a struggle. Although I do see uh, Bengal Banger, which is a hilarious name. It says 28-23 Texans. Man <laughs> says, uh, man says Houston's going to get it done. Bengals actually in Tampa this week in the game they ought to win. We'll see how it goes. But um, if, they, if they even come close to losing to the Texans this week, it's five alarm fire and you are not, actually, I'll be on bereavement so you won't see him on, on Sunday, but uh, you will be thankful you don't see me on Sunday if the Chiefs almost lose this game. Yeah, you might have to stay on bereavement if they lose this game. My family's um, going to be on bereavement if they yeah. lose this game. Yeah, we'll yeah. give you we'll give you five more days. Um, so let's move along in the outline here uh, yep. and talk a little bit about what's going on in the in the race for the playoffs here. So a win in the Chiefs clinched the AFC West uh, and at least a top three seed, which is which is great news. Um, how important is it that the Chiefs have home field advantage here? I think it's important. Um, I also think it's important to be the two and not the three because, you know, obviously the, the two seed has been devalued over the last few years since the, the switch went from the two seed getting a bye to then, you know, playing in the wild card weekend. Um, but I think it's important because if you're the two seed, a couple things. Number one, you, in theory, play the worst wild card team. Now, you know, depending on how it shakes, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but in theory. Um, I would say, though, that the biggest thing is, and so let's assume, you know, they, they let's say it's Chiefs are the two, and they win their wild card game regardless who they play. You're then home again the next week. And there's a very good chance, as, although Bengal Banger being in here is kind of apropos, there's a very good chance you're playing Cincinnati in that second weekend. And if you do, the Chiefs need all the help they can get against a Bengals team they can't beat. Okay, so I'm now look, being at home certainly doesn't guarantee them beating Cincinnati. The, the, the Bengals have turned the Chiefs into their little brother. But – um it would be better than going to Cincinnati. You know, you're at home for it. So, and then the other part of it is, in that scenario, of course, the Bills would be the one seed. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. The Chiefs, two different times, have been the two seed in the last handful of years, and both times they've been the two seed. The team ahead of them's lost. The Titans lost last year to Cincinnati. Uh, the the Ravens lost to the Titans a couple of years ago, and Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So, you always want to be as high of a seed as possible. Um, to be a one, I think, would be a huge advantage because if you're the number one seed, a you have the buy. B, and I almost think it's some ways as importantly as the buy. If you're the one, it's probably going to be Buffalo and Cincinnati playing each other in the second round of the playoffs. You're only going to have to play one of those teams and not both. And I think those three teams are clearly the best three teams in the AFC. So if you're the Chiefs, you know, that that to me, more than being at home, just as much as having a week off, I think is the big advantage. It'll be interesting if the Bengals do end up winning the North. Right. And they would be the three, probably, right? Um 
you know, it's probably, probably. Yeah. The Titans are whoever, you know, the Titans are going to be the four seed. They'll um, be the four. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's how it's going to go. So um, there may be end up there. There probably will be, or there's a good chance there's a wild card team with a better record than the Titans. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you could end up in a situation where if the, if the chiefs do get the two seed, if they stay put, then the Bengals and bills play each other. And one of those two teams, you know, takes care of themselves, which actually wouldn't be so bad for the chiefs. Uh, whereas if the chiefs get the one seed, Obviously, you know, the Bengals could lose in the opening round of the playoffs and they may never see them, but it's possible they could have to go through. But look, the AFC playoffs is going to be tough for the Chiefs no matter what happens, right? They're going to have to go through. It's it's almost guaranteed that they'll have to go through some combination of the Bills and the Bengals or the Bills and the Dolphins or the Dolphins and the Bengals, right? And Chargers. I, you know, yeah, you maybe play the Chargers. So yep. these these teams play the Chiefs tough. Like, and, you know, New England, if they end up making it, well, they're not going to be a cakewalk either because of Belichick. He knows he's done a good job against Mahomes in the past. So um, th- there's nobody right now in the playoffs that I look at and I'm like, oh, yeah. Like last year when the Chiefs played the Steelers, you were like, oh, bring it on. Right. I <laughs> like, remember the week of that game, I went on a radio show in Pittsburgh and they asked me to pick the game and I, Tries to be nice, and it was like I think yeah, I think Chiefs will win. And I I picked up like thirty to nineteen or something, or like to, like it was like a ten point score. And the guy was like legitimately annoyed that I thought that the Steelers couldn't win. And I was like, I, I feel like we're not watching the same teams. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like I just I don't think it's going to happen. And the Chiefs, of course, went out and just absolutely destroyed. Uh, you know, the Steelers after giving up the, a, a ridiculous touchdown to start the game scoring off. No, I don't think there's a team like that. I mean, you know, look, the Pats, I, I wouldn't be scared of playing the Pats. I'm going to be honest. But Belichick is the reason you always have like a little bit of hesitancy, but there's just they have no talent on offense. I, the Jets, I think the Jets, the defense is real. I just don't think, I, I just don't think the Jets can score enough to, to beat the Chiefs. Also, I, I appreciate Steve saying these guys talking have no clue. Listen, no Steve. Clue. That was the second name of the podcast we actually came up with. Uh, I was going to be a <laughs> yeah, tag. Steve, link, us, link us to your podcast, man. We want to get your takes. Um, listen, I, we also might use that. These guys talking have no clue line. That actually might be the, the new tagline for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we we agree. I certainly agree. Um, so yeah, listen, man. I think I think that's. I think if you can get the one seed, it's an advantage. I mean, you get a, you get a week off, and and you're probably playing either the Titans, or well, in fact, you are playing the Titans or a wild card team. Um, not to say these wild card teams. I mean, the wild card teams literally in the AFC might be Miami, Baltimore, and the Chargers. Right? Like, it's yeah. not. It's not the NFC where you're like, oh, look, it's the Giants. You right. know? So it, it could be a real gauntlet. And you know what? It's going to be a gauntlet for everybody. It's going to be a gauntlet for everybody. You know, whether you're Buffalo, the Bengals, whoever, like whoever it is, the Chargers. I mean, they're going to have to go on the road for all these games. So it, it's going to be whoever comes out of the AFC is going to have earned it. I mean, there's yeah. not going to be any easy ride in, 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 this season. So that brings us to the race for the number one seed, which the Chiefs are the two now. They have the same record as Buffalo. The Bengals are right on their heels. Chiefs can't slip up. The Chiefs lose another game. They're not getting the one seed, right. um, bearing some sort of meltdown around the NFL. But if the Chiefs went out, there's a chance that Buffalo could lose a game. So can they catch the Bills? Will the Bills stumble? Now, they have a much harder schedule down the stretch than the Chiefs. However... This weekend's game is one of those games that you would have thought, all right, like Miami, Buffalo, you know, Miami could get Miami, Miami could get the best of them, and that's what the Chiefs would want. 
uh, especially since now Miami's basically out of the race for the one seed. They lost to the right. Chargers last weekend. But Miami's not playing so well. Miami's an explosive offense with Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. And there's uh, projected to be two to five inches of snow this Saturday because this game is in Buffalo. Yep. So when you think about the elements, is this a game that the Dolphins can win? Who, who gets hurt more by this? We, we know that the Bills don't have a running game, but they do with Josh Allen. So by the way, just so you know, and you're right, you're in your your forecast. Um, there's also supposed to be an additional two feet of lake effects now coming off oh, the yeah. uh, coming off the banks of Lake Erie. I didn't see that. And, I, and I'll tell you something. I I went to school, as may you know, I went about three hours from Buffalo, um, but I, I was on Lake Ontario. And when it snows like that, it, it, I mean, it is like paralyzing. It is unbelievable how hard it snows coming off the lake. So. It will be interesting. Now, the one thing I also know about that is that can be very localized. That could be nothing that affects the game at all. That could also just be like unbelievable if it's at the stadium. I mean, I think look if you if you are just talking about it, a few inches of snow. Um, I don't know that it's that devastating. I think it, I think then it becomes about the wind. Then I think it becomes like because that that to me is the thing that would really alter this game. If right. the wind's crazy, that benefits the Bills because Allen has a huge arm and he can cut the ball through the wind. Two, it is not. That's a problem. Now, the one thing the wind does do is it really takes away the deep game. It's very hard to throw a ball 40, 50 yards. I don't care how strong your arm is because you've got to get touch on the ball. So it becomes much harder to be accurate in that regard where the Dolphins are much more of a short, quick passing game. I, I, I think, look, overall – I think the Bills are going to win the game. I think the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins. I, I don't think the Dolphins are quite ready for this stage. It is brutally cold. Two has never won a game under 50 degrees. Um, the only thing that if you're a Bills fan, I think you'll worry about in this game is sometimes when you have elements, and you, you, this is counterintuitive, but players say this all the time, the offense has an advantage because they know where you're going. They know where they're going and the defense doesn't. Well, with Hill and Waddle, I mean – all it takes is some guy slipping down or stumbling, and he's gone. I mean, he's right. out the gate. Overall, I think it probably benefits Buffalo in the sense that if if there's wind, I think that really grounds Miami's passing attack, and the, the Bills can just clamp down underneath. But um, I think the Dolphins have a shot in the game. I'd give them like a 30% chance to win the game. But I, mm -hmm. I, I think the Bills will win. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting. I'm really looking forward to watching that one. I'm glad. I love Saturday NFL football when we get there. Um, yeah. If you look at the Bills' schedule, and in, in regards to our question about whether or not the Chiefs can catch them, so they got Miami, and they still have to play the Bengals on January 2nd in Cincy. That's going to be a tough one. Monday and they finish up the season in, in New England. <clears throat> but I will say there's a sneaky one on here, and maybe I'm crazy, but I would say if I'm Buffalo – Watch out for at Chicago on Christmas Eve. The uh, Bears stink. They traded away their best stink. defensive player, right? But in the last few weeks, even though it hasn't led to wins, the Bears have found something with Justin Fields. They finally started using his athleticism, and they're running an offense not that dissimilar from the offense that the Bills run with Josh Allen. And it gives – this is a guy I watched, you know, I watched Fields play at Ohio State, big Ohio State fan. This is a guy who, when he's outside the pocket, he can really make some things happen. He's got an arm. 
He is big. He is fast, like Josh Allen. I think that's a trap game for the Bills. I'm not saying they're going to lose it, but I'm saying if they're not focused, the Bears have found some a little sizzle on offense. And if the if the Bills come out a little flat, that's a game where all of a sudden you know it, things can be getting tight on them. Um, so it's not it's not crazy. I mean, I don't think the Bills are going to lose a game. I think the but it, but it's not like look, Fields has been dynamic. Um, Look, the one thing about the NFL is it's it's you know it's unpredictable a lot of weeks. I mean, you just have games where you don't you don't know you know a guy goes out injured and all of a sudden the whole game shifts. Um, my guess is, I think the Bills will beat the Dolphins, and they'll beat the Bears. I think they're going to lose to Cincinnati. That is that is my and I think they'll kill New England at the end of the year. But I Cincinnati because you know the the biggest reason I think they're going to lose to the Bengals is I don't think they're going to get pressure on Burrow without Miller. I think it changes the whole complexion of that game. And if you don't pressure him, like it's not like the Bills are so great in the secondary now with these injuries that they're just going to blanket the Bengals. They're not. They got, and the Bengals are going to do to the Bills exactly what they did to the Chiefs. They're going to give them a million looks. They're going to beg them to run the ball. And the Bills not only can't run the ball, but they, they won't. I mean, I shouldn't, excuse me, I shouldn't say it. The Bills can run the ball at times, but they choose not to. They're very much like Kansas City. And so I, I honestly think it plays into the favor of the Bengals, who, by the way, are going to be playing for a ton in that game, a ton in that game, whether it's to stay in the race in the division or to stay ahead in the division or to clinch a division. That game's going to matter, and it's on a Monday night in Cincinnati. That place is going to be going insane. Yeah. So I I actually think that's the game. Like To me, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm just lazy. Look, one at a time. We got to just win our games. And then you hope that either Buffalo stubs its toe here in the next couple of weeks or against Cincinnati. And if they don't, they don't, then they deserve it. And then they, they ran the table, give them all the credit in the world. But my guess is that Cincinnati, who is going to be playing for a ton in that game, is going to find a way to win that game. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think, I think Cincinnati is – you've got you've to – for my money, they're the best team in the AFC right now. I mean, I don't know how you can argue it with them beating the chiefs, the way that they're playing right now, as we sit here, um, I I've got to give them the nod. They're playing better football than the Buffalo bills right now. They're playing better than the Miami dolphins and they're playing better than the chiefs are playing right now. Now that doesn't mean, you know, squat come playoff time. It's one game and go home. But right now I think it's, it's the, you know, the Bengals are kind of sitting on the mountaintop. So it's going to be interesting to see, how that plays out. Cause as we know, that can change from, from on a dime, the bills looked unstoppable earlier this season and now not so much. I, I think the one thing um, to keep in mind, and actually this is also, I didn't think about this like just now, but that game could also be for like, if the Bengals win that game, they could also be like, we can be the two seed and bump Buffalo to the third seed. And if yeah. we see him again, it's going to be in Cincinnati. But, you know, I, I think the AFC race is fascinating in this regard. I've been thinking a lot about Cincy and Kansas City and Buffalo and who I would and I, in my power rankings. I, I have it like Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. But I got to be honest, I, the reason I have it like that is that the, the Chiefs have only lost once in like seven weeks, and the Bills haven't lost in a month, so I haven't had any reason to really bump the Chiefs and the Bills down. The Bengals have been moving up slowly, but right now, like throwing all that aside, I think the Bengals are the most consistent of the three AFC teams, like of the contenders. You know what you get with the Bengals every week. You know exactly what you're getting. I think the team with the highest ceiling is Kansas City. 
that if all three teams play their absolute best, I think the Chiefs are the best of the three. And this is coming from somebody who picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. But right now, which brings me to Buffalo, I don't love the way the Bills are playing right now. Like, we, we obviously are always talking about the Chiefs and, like, how frustrated we are at certain things. The Bills right now, if you watch them, and I've watched them every game this year, like, they, they are really struggling offensively. It's really been a challenge. That's why they just brought in John Brown and Cole Beasley. Right. Like, they, they, can't, they can't with the ball. I mean, their offense has been brutal these last handful of games. Um, defensively, they've been better, but I also I, – I don't know how real that is. I, they played Jacoby Brissett. They've played Jared Goff, who granted the Lions have played much better. So I, I actually – that game, you, you go, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, they played Mac Jones and Mike White. Like, that's what they've beaten in these four games in this win streak. I don't – I don't know. Like, I'm not, like, over the moon impressed by any of it. Like, and they haven't been dominant in it. It's not like you've watched these games and like, oh, my God, they look like they did early in the year. They don't. So, I, I really think if you're Buffalo, like, right now, of the three teams, if I had to pick which one's going to the Super Bowl, they'd be third. Now, now if they get home field advance to the playoffs, that obviously changes things to some degree. But right now, the way they're playing, I don't think they're playing as consistently as Cincinnati, and I don't think their ceiling is as high as Kansas City's with Miller being out. There's a reason they gave Von Miller $120 million. There's a reason because they felt like he's the difference. And without him, I'm not sitting here telling you they can't win the Super Bowl, but without him, that is a huge loss. That yeah. is an enormous, enormous loss to them. Yeah, he was given the Chiefs fits when they played that game without Von Miller. Maybe that game turns out differently. Who's the difference? Yeah. All right, let's get into the game. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up, like this video. Let's get some more Chiefs fans in here. Uh, of course, we're happy to have all the fans. Welcome to the to the Bengals fans who are hanging around. By the way, if you like what we do here, if you want to be part of the Arrowhead Attic community, check out the link in the, the description here uh, or wherever you get this podcast. We've got a great private members-only Discord where we sit around, talk ball. I'll be in there tonight for Thursday Night Football, hanging out, chatting with everybody. Uh, we'd love to get to know some more of you. It was so cool this weekend. If you don't know, we did a live show at Tanner's Bar and Grill in Kansas City. It was our first live show. It was absolutely incredible. So many people came out. We had people drive from uh, six hours away. It was really just uh, somebody flew in from New York City. So it was just absolutely awesome. And uh, it was great to, to just hang out with everybody for a day and talk Chiefs football and go through the emotions together. Um, like we usually do in the Discord. We got to do it in person this time for that Denver game. Uh, some great photos coming out of that of our faces when Patrick Mahomes made that ridiculous throw to Jarek yeah. McKinnon. So if you want to be part of it... Um, Check out and see if you want to support the podcast in another way. Uh, all right, everybody, let's talk about this game. Chiefs versus Texans. Chiefs, after three games away, are finally back in the friendly confines of Arrowhead Stadium. Kansas City is 14-point favorites in this game with an over-under of 49. Um, as, as you put here in the uh, for a primer of Ram, Texas are winless at home. Um, yep. but, dis but despite an ugly record, um, only two losses by more than 14 points. Lovey Smith, their head coach, could be the second consecutive one-and-done coach at Houston, um, and they're about to have the number one overall pick. I mean, do the Texans even want to win this game? I mean, you can make an argument. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, they were beating the Dallas Cowboys, who are a Super Bowl uh, contender last week. I mean, the Texans' front office doesn't want to win this game. Right. Th that's for damn sure. The players do. Players want to win it. Um, coaches want to win it. But the front office is up there with, with chief shirts on at this point. Um, look, the Texans, like, 
I'm not trying to take a shot at them. It's just they're the worst team in football. I mean, they're 1-11-1. and one. It is what it is. No other team has even less than three losses. They have one win. And that, that win was like some ridiculous – it was against Jacksonville. I think they, they won like 10-6 or something. It was, it was, it was a joke. Um, now, this is a game that, yeah, I look at it and I say, there's going to be a ton of Chiefs fans at this game. There, I mean, how many, how many hardcore Texans fans are going to be there going nuts? Let's be honest. How many? Yeah. Holidays I mean, I, I don't know if you guys saw the crowd before they played Cleveland and Deshaun Watson. There was nobody there. Yeah. It was insane. So I really think that this is one of these things where, you know, the Texans will play hard. They're going to they're gonna show up and everything else. But it's just they are outgunned all over the field. They're outgunned everywhere. Every, I mean, they're, they're literally – I could make a, a, a real – with Pierce being out at the running back position. I could make a case the Chiefs are better than the Texans literally everywhere on the field. Like one position group after the next. You know, I they are they are simply not equipped to beat an upper tier team. And that said, they were a minute away from doing it in Dallas last weekend. So if you don't come to play and you don't bother to show up, you can lose. And that's going to be the challenge for the Chiefs in this game. Is showing up and being focused. Yeah, you know, and Looking at the ESPN chart here, the the Texans had an eighty five point eight win pro- percent win probability when they were first and goal at the Dallas four with five yep. minutes and thirty four seconds left in that game, uh, and they were winning twenty three to twenty. And uh, yeah, things didn't things didn't go well for them after that. Um, uh, four and out, and then gave up a ninety eight yard touchdown. Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> look, that's. That's what happens at this time of year. As you pointed out, players are playing hard. Some of these guys are playing for their jobs. They're playing for uh, their next contract, right? Um, the Texans are a team. Sometimes veterans might start to phone it in, but you get some weird performances from, from bad teams. We've seen it year yeah. after year after year. Last week of the season, team needs to win to make the playoffs. Team with two wins and nothing to play for knocks them off. Remember when the San Francisco 49ers did that to help the Chiefs get in the playoffs? Yep. Uh, I think that was on New Year's Eve. Who were they playing? Who did they beat? Was it? De- uh, they beat Denver. It was Denver. That's right. In yeah, Denver. yeah. It's hilarious. Who- Alex Smith was the quarterback for the night. That's right, Alex Smith. Um, so you just you never know. Um, and 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 just ask Dallas about last week. Thought they were going to have a cakewalk against their in-state rivals in their own stadium, and and almost blew it. So what's going on with? It's sort of intriguing thing here, which you don't see very much in the NFL, which is. The Texans are coming at you with not just David Davis Mills, baby. They're rolling out Jeff Driscoll, too. That's right. Look, I, I want them to just both be on the field simultaneously and just stand next to each other, and you just never know who's getting the snap. It's just chaos. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea what's happening. I don't I, I don't even I'm pretend to know. I have no idea what the thought process is behind this. Davis Mills has thrown more picks than touchdowns this year. Jeff Driscoll is atrocious. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know what the thought process is. They need to see Jeff Driscoll on the field. Um, I guess they run him. He did run seven times for 36 yards last week. Um, like, okay. But, yeah. Like, can't get the ball to Rex Burkhead? Like, right. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. That is, it's very bizarre. It, it's extremely bizarre. I, I got nothing. I really, I, I genuinely don't know what the thought process is. I think for the Chiefs, the more you see Jeff Driscoll on the field, the better. Um, 
but I don't think it should matter. Davis Mills has been awful this year, and Jeff Driscoll is not an NFL quarterback. So if you're the Chiefs, uh, I'm rooting for like a three-quarterback package. Put them all out there. Put Kyle Allen out there. Maybe they're getting like the wing tee. They just, you know, whatever. That's fine. Like whatever. Oh, man. Here's a question. You know, like every once in a while, like Chris Jones blows through the line of scrimmage and hits the guy like as he's getting the football. Yeah. So if Davis Mills hands the ball to Driscoll and Jones just cracks them both and tackles them simultaneously, is that worth two sacks? It should. It should it be, should. right? Yeah, yeah. Get Kyle he, Allen he, out he there. He sacked two quarterbacks on the same play. Yeah, see, see if he can um, – we need to do that thing. Remember that time Tomba uh, th- sacked a quarterback by throwing his own guy into him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some of my favorite Chiefs plays of all time. I have to look up. I can't remember who that was against or who got sacked, but that's just one of the more dominant things that that you'll see. Um, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I guess maybe they're in this situation in Houston where you remember when the Chiefs, like when they the first time they started Tyler Thigpen against the, the Falcons because they were just like, I don't know, like – you know, and he actually ended up being entertaining in that, you know, they he, yeah. he only won like one game. But Dude, I feel like maybe the Texans are just in that, like, we just got to try anything kind of mode. I was, I was at that point in my life as a Chiefs fan when Tyler Thigpen was just like entertaining. I was like, he's the franchise. Right. <laughs> like, I was just so happy that it was, it just wasn't the most boring thing alive. Yeah. I remember like, yeah. Tony Gonzalez had some quotes. He's like, if that's not a franchise quarterback, I don't know who is. It's like, well, because it's he threw, like, it was like 17 touchdowns and like nine interceptions he actually to his credit was like legitimately like a light in that season they'd been so awful uh but yeah it was not uh it was not it was not good it was not good by the way i just saw this on twitter this i apologize i know it's just kind of like just completely out of nowhere um ben finnell tweeted out and he works over at nfl network third and seven plus conversion rate this year the Bengals are fourth best at 32.9. Niners are 33.8. The Lions are 35.4. The Chiefs, on third and seven or more, are 50.7. In the last 20 years, no one has finished above 50%. 45 and a half for the 2011 Saints was the highest. KC was converting these at 27.6 last year, ninth in the NFL. And at 40% in 2020. So right now, third and seven or longer, they are 50.7%. That's outrageous. So the, the key is just, this should make Andy run the ball even more. Just right. jam it in the line twice and get into a third and eight, and then yeah. just rip it. You're in great yep. shape. Yeah, guaranteed first down. Um, by the way, to put a bow on that, Tyler Thigpen season, 2008, he's 230 of 420. 54.8% completion percentage, 2,608 yards, 6.2 average, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Um, and honest to God, we were all kind of like, maybe this is the guy. Like, that's how bad things were. If you're a newer Chiefs fan or you were too oh. young to understand the pain in 2008, like, this, I mean, this was just, <laughs> we were seriously like, you know, Tony Gonzalez was mad they didn't they weren't bringing back Tyler Thigpen. This is a man who went one in ten during that stretch <laughs> right. with a six point two yards per attempt, and we all were like, maybe maybe he's the future. Like, I mean, <laughs> and if, they, if there's a Chiefs fan out there who was a fan back then who says that they weren't, they're a fucking liar. Yes, everybody. Okay, yeah. because everybody, I remember the game he caught a touchdown pass. 
Like I think it was Mark Bradley. Mark Bradley threw it to him. Yeah. And I remember just being like, "Hey, they're kind of fun." As they were just getting their <laughs> ass beat week yeah. after week. At the, I mean, it's it's it was just Chan so, Gailey. To Chan oh. Gailey's credit, that season when when Thigpen took over, the Chiefs would look like they were going to win the first half of most most games. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was all it was all game plan. And once teams figured out like what wacky shit they were doing that week. Then they got pummeled in the second half and couldn't do anything. But to Chan Gailey's credit, like that would have been the most for for as terrible as they were that season, they were actually entertaining because every week you were like, you thought they were going to win. I used to work at this temp agency in New York City, and I worked with this guy Doug, who's a big Jets fan. And he came up. I remember he would come up to me. and He'd be like, "Because Big Penn played well against the Jets. Of course, the Jets still beat us." And I was, was at like, the game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we were okay. I was yeah. at the game. And Doug was like, "I'm telling you, man." That Tyler Thigpen, I think he's good. I think he's good, and I was like, I don't know, he might be. <laughs> it was, it was like we were, we're like a like an abused animal, yeah. you know. That like we're like afraid, but like if anybody pets you, you're like, oh, okay, you know. It was, man, I'm telling you, it was, it, it was, and then that bled right into like the Matt Castle era where they traded the second round pick, and I remember people were like, Belichick just did purely a favor. It's larceny. Like right, how can they? Right. Like people were literally. You can go back and look. I swear to you, go Google it. Like people wanted that trade investigated because they thought the Chiefs got such a great deal, and the Chiefs also somehow also fleeced them for Mike Vrabel, okay, <laughs> was, who, who basically passed away three years earlier as a player, <laughs> and so somehow the Chiefs made the playoffs in the second year. Okay, they won the division, in fact. And I all I remember about 2010 was that the Chiefs. It was like look. This team can't throw the ball for anything unless the ball's to Dwayne Bowe, who had a million touchdowns that year. I think he had like 15 and 16 touchdowns. Yeah. But it was like, give the ball to Jamal Charles and just get the hell out of the way. And the frustration that year was the Chiefs had some weird passion for Thomas Jones. That like <laughs> Thomas Jones, early in the year to his credit, was solid. But like as the year wore on, you could just see the bear get on his back. Like it was just, he was averaging like two and a half, three yards of carries per game. And yeah. Jamal Charles was legitimately ripping off six and a half yards per carry for the entire season. And Todd Haley in the first half of every game was like, we're going to pound Thomas Jones up in there. Right. And he had like a stat line of like 10 and 28. Yeah. And then Jamal Charles would come in the second half of the game, like 11 carries for like 140 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> right. They just wouldn't give him the ball. Christ, just give him the ball. Yeah. And it, was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was, and Thomas Jones, they brought him in. See, that was the intangibles era. We used to write about it on AA yeah. all the time. Like, oh God, you know, Scott Pioli and the Patriot <laughs> way. And, you know, Mike Brabel, Brabel, he he brings intangibles. And uh Thomas Jones brings intangibles. Never mind the fact that he broke John Baldwin's face in training. <laughs> tra- he, he did. Yeah. And if and I don't know if you remember how jacked Thomas Jones was. Um, but uh, you know, oh yeah, you want to get punched by him. Um, but it, I remember Thomas Jones like he had the first half of the season. He was okay, and then he was just old, and you could see him. Like I remember, he had a he had a big run at one point, sort of towards the, the latter part of the year. And he was he reminded me of Andy Studebaker. Remember when Andy Studebaker oh, picked yeah. up that fumble against the Chargers, and he was run, running out of gas real fast. The Steelers, yeah, yeah, against the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that Thomas Jones was done. Um, it's it's insane how Jamal Charles might be a first ballot Hall of Famer if they didn't give so many carries to Thomas Jones. Thomas Jones extended his career, but also single-handedly robbed us of what could have been the greatest rushing year of all time because Jamal yeah. Charles is I, – I will forever argue – like, look, and we can get back to the actual Chiefs team side of the field currently, but I will I will forever 
forever argue that if Jamal Charles had been on a decent offense and had, if he was on, like, not even today's offense, because they're obviously very decent, but like if he had been on a decent offense, a team that like eight in the box wasn't constant, he would have put up some of the greatest rushing seasons ever. Like, I, I guess hey, I, this is the way I'd put it. I can't sit here and argue he's the best running back I've ever seen because, like, I've saw, I've seen Barry Sanders, I've seen Emmitt Smith, Ladainian Tomlinson, you know, Peterson, like all these guys. Okay, it, it would be unreasonable for me to be like, oh, he was a better player than those guys because he didn't have the longevity. If you said to me, I hand to God, if you said to me, you got to win one game, who do you want as your running back? Him. The yeah. guy was unbelievable. Like yeah. Barry Sanders would be the only other guy. Him and LT, that'd be like, all right, maybe Jamal Charles. Faced eight in the box, much like Barry Sanders, his entire freaking career, and nobody could stop him. Like, Barry Sanders is the only other guy. And I'm like, look, you guys are in a great case for Barry Sanders. Emmett Smith was awesome. Emmett Smith also played with like eight guys on that team who should have been Hall of Famers. Okay. Well, Damian Tomlinson had a great offense around him most of his career. Peterson, he's probably the other case you could make it. But man, a lot. Like, Jamal Charles. I mean, teams are putting 12 guys in the box against those teams. Like, yeah. It was like, no, they're not going to throw, boys. Just pack it in there, and he make like eight guys miss and break off a 50-yard run. Love Jamal Charles. Yeah. Meanwhile, in that 2008 season, Larry Johnson was still on the team, but he was toast. He was um, toast. He was averaging like, – because they had run him into the ground. He was averaging like 4.5 yards to carry. Charles was on the team that year, only had 67 attempts for 357 yards, average 5.3 yards per carry, added another yep. 272. So, I mean, like, oh, God. Like, if they had just started using him from day one and not Larry Johnson, they could have traded Larry Johnson. Uh, we're, right, we're down the rabbit hole. Um, God, nobody wants to talk we, about it. Everybody just turned this off. Anymore. But, um, but you know what? Want, it's we, the Texans. I'm the, sorry. Yeah, the Texans have us uh, feeling nostalgic because they're so bad um, for the olden days of, of the Chiefs. So, um, I mean – this offense is terrible. They're going to be they're thirty first in yards per play as you have here in the rundown. Yep. They've allowed thirty three sacks, eighteenth in the NFL, 29th in, in yards per attempt, thirty first on third down, thirty first in the red zone, thirty second in yards, and thirty first in points per drive. That is ugly, and they just lost their best offensive player. Yes. Now keep in mind, the Broncos are atrocious <laughs> and just hung twenty seven points to the Chiefs. So let, let's not. Let's not just go, oh, there's no way the Texans are going to score points. But, yes, the Texans are horrific offensively. Um, so, what, I mean, what, like, if you're, if you're the Chiefs defense, what are you looking for in this game? They just kind of embarrassed – like, they did some things well against the Broncos, a lot of sacks, turnovers. Right, right. But they just always they seem to, like – if there's, like, a halfway decent player on the other team, or even if he's not a halfway decent player, it's like somebody's going to have a huge day. Like last week it was Jerry Judy. This week yep. is it Brandon Cooks? Is Brandon Cooks going to have like twenty five percent of his receiving yards for the season in this one game? I look forward to him playing and having like a hundred yards in the first half, and the Chiefs in the in the locker room being like, "My God, did you know he was going to play today?" <laughs> uh, so we, we probably ought to cover him. He's, yeah, he's pretty good. You ever hear that guy? He's all right. He's not bad. I, I look forward to that conversation at halftime. Um, I will say this. I think this is a game where you just you do not let yourselves get beat deep. You force the Texans to put together 10, 12 play drives. I'm not saying they can't ever do it during the game. They're not doing that three, four times. Like I if I'm the Chiefs, I'm very much just saying, look, 
if you're going to be this, you're going to string together a bunch of longer drives where you're converting on a bunch of third downs, which as you just point out, they're terrible at. And a team like that too, they're, look, they're going to take a penalty. They're going to drop a pass. You know, st- you know, the, uh, you're know, going to have a guy who's open and Mills or, or Driscoll apparently misses him with the throw. Like, if I'm the Chiefs defense, my mantra this week is do not get beat deep. Do not give up some cheap, easy touchdown. Keep everything in front. And then up on the D-line, I'd be like, look, just pin your ears back and go. Like, I, I'm i not worried about Rex Burkhead running for a five-yard carry. Like, I'll live with a little bit of that in this game. I don't care. Try to like, – I'm, I'm not wanting anything to get over the top. And I'm trying to just say, look, let's force some negative plays. A couple sacks, some stuffs on runs. You know, a turnover to like that's what I'm looking for defensively. I, but I, nothing crazy. Like I'm not blitzing the hell out of Davis Mills in this game. Just no. cover, just keep the top on the defense. You should be fine. Yeah, the uh, Rex Burkhead, by the way, has 80 yards rushing on the season. Kill uh, 170 David. in this game. Just yeah, yeah, just reasons <laughs> that no one can understand. Right, right. They have not. The, the Texans have been a one-man show all year with Damian Pierce toting the ball 220 times for 939 yards. Um, it's a nice little season for him. There's just nobody else. If you're the Chiefs' offense in this game and you're thinking about attacking this Texans' defense, 22nd in yards per play, as you have on the run down here, for, uh, for 5.7 yards, 28th in yards per attempt, 26th in yards per carry, 29th in blitz rate, 15th in pressure rate, so middle of the pack there. Yep. 19th in sacks, 17th in third down, 8th in the red zone. So the second week in a row, the Chiefs are playing a, a, a team that's good in the red zone. Um, when you're this bad, it's a, maybe it's all you have. What, how are you attacking this team? I mean, for the love of God, like a semblance of balance would be wonderful. Yeah. Like, just come on. This isn't. This is not rocket science in this game. You just reeled off all the numbers. The Texans are terrible against the run, and they make up for it by being terrible against the pass. Like, look, I would just, I, I and by, by balance, I'm not saying, like, if the Chiefs have 70 plays, I'm not saying run 35 times. But, like, look, you know, maybe, maybe it, you, know, you have a game there where you go, all right, listen, the first half of the game, it's like a 60 to 40 pass to run ratio. And then if you have a big lead, then maybe it is like 50 50 running the ball. But I think for the Chiefs in this game, the biggest thing, and I say this every week, and every week I get a migraine watching them <laughs> do not turn the ball over. I said it last week. Go back and watch the show. The only way they're going to lose is by turning the damn ball. How did the Broncos get back into the game? The Chiefs just couldn't help themselves. And like, here's a million opportunities to beat us. This is, to me, this is the, the mantra offensively. Look, play within yourselves. Have some balance. I don't need to see any I, – I swear to God with Andy this week. Like, I don't want to see any trick plays in this game. Like, just, look, hand it to Pacheco. Throw the ball to your receivers and your tight ends. Doesn't have to be difficult. I think if you do that and you don't turn the ball over, I think you win this game going away. I really do. But, like – Look, they would have they would have murdered Denver, and then they do two ridiculous picks at the end of the first half, and the whole game flipped. Yeah. Like to me, this can be what that Denver game was early, maybe not quite twenty-seven to nothing, but like you know twenty nothing, something like that, and then just pull away quietly. I think the Chiefs balance and do not turn the football over. How much of uh, 
of um, Jarek McKinnon do you think we see in this game? Obviously, heavy utilize, heavily utilized against the Broncos. Uh, this is going to be another game where the Chiefs aren't going to get blitzed very much. Houston right. blitzes about 15% of the time. They might do it even less against a team like the Chiefs trying to you know avoid giving up the big play, make the Chiefs go on long drives, try to keep the game close, slow things down. Do we see another game where – I mean, it's one of the most effective uses of the screen game I, I can remember in recent times with the Chiefs, what they did to the Broncos. Do you think we'll see more of that in this one? I think a little. Um, I, I think with McKinnon, he's just going to be the third down guy because they trust him to block. Um, I, I think I think overall for the Chiefs, if you can get McKinnon off the field for some plays, you do it, keep him fresh. You know, he's been dealing with shoulder injury, hamstring injury, and he's been banged up throughout his career. So to me, this is just a game where – like another thing, by the way, in this game, even if it means being a little more conservative, I'm fine with that. Unless the defense completely craps its pants, like take the opportunity to limit the hits on Mahomes. You know, just like this, this doesn't have to be a game where he's just hammered like eight times by Jerry Hughes, who has eight sacks, by the way, this year. Like, get the ball out quick. Let some guys make a play after the catch. And by the way. If this game starts to get away from the Texans and the Chiefs are really just putting it on them, yank guys out of the game. Yeah, This doesn't have to be like, let's beat them by 50. Like, look, if they get up by 24, 27 points in the third, just yank them. I mean, I, now the one thing that is going to be interesting, and if you guys don't think this factors in, you're crazy. They all know that Mahomes is in the race for the MVP right now. And he's taking a lot of like, well, you know, Hurts the MVP favorite, which he is right now in Vegas right now. I wonder if this is a game where if the Chiefs can, they're going to have him for like five or six touchdown passes in this game. Like if they're getting down there, I don't think they're going to be run the ball in. Let's put it that way. I think the Chiefs are going to make a concerted effort to throw it in the end zone, um, even if it, you know, it's a two-yard pass, like a push pass or something. I just Andy's very cognizant of stuff like that. It was like that, that game against the Niners where they were trying to get Kelsey 100 yards because it was National Tight End Day. Right. right? And they were like just, just feeding him the ball at the end of the game. Like, they're aware of stuff. The teams are aware of stuff. They'll never admit that, but they're aware of it. So I could see this being a game if the Chiefs really are rolling and they're up like 35-10. We're like, why the hell is Mahomes still on the field? Well, because you can, you can get another 80 yards out of it. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, but I, I think they would I think they would try it. And I do – and I have no problem with this. If they get down in the red zone, he's going to be chucking it left and right because they're going to try to get him those touchdowns if they can do it. Yeah, um, I think so too. That's the that's the thing. The MV, MVP conversation um, it's flipped. Mahomes is now the underdog to win the MVP. Jalen Hurts has moved in front of him, according to Vegas. Do you think that that is warranted? And how do you think that'll all shake out? I don't because like, Jalen Hurts has had an incredible year. I talked about this in second box. And you want to say Jalen Hurts MVP? I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem with it. Um. I would also say, though, that Jalen Hurts has played on a team that they ask a hell of a lot less of Jalen Hurts than she should ask Patrick Mahomes. Like, right. if Patrick Mahomes is on the Eagles, th- that team's like the greatest team of all time. I mean, I, and that's not take away from Hurts, who, by the way, runs like crazy and is really effective and he's only got three picks. I get all that. You're asking Mahomes to do a hell of a lot more than Hurts in the passing game. You just are. Um, to me, like, I don't care that they're 12-1, and one, the Chiefs are 10th. Right? To me, that means nothing. The, the Eagles have played, if not the easiest schedule in football, you're along one of them. 
like I forget some Chiefs fan tweeted at me like the list of quarterbacks the Eagles have played. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't have an issue with people who say, hey, give it to Hurts. But Mahomes has thrown for a thousand more yards than Jalen Hurts this year. A thousand more yards. He's thrown for, I believe it is 11 more touchdowns. Um, even factoring in the rushing, like Mahomes is clearing away more touchdowns, more total yardage. Average per attempt is the exact same. Um, like, I, and Mahomes just has to just do so much more than Hurts just in, when, it, when it comes down to it. So to me, by the way, I still think Mahomes is going to win the MVP. But I, I mean, I, I think, like, yeah, the three picks, look, he's got to eat that. He, he threw them. He threw the three picks. They were horrible picks. But also, it's like, listen, man, you see the other part of the game? Like, was anybody else doing that? I mean, so I, I didn't think he, I thought he was just really like uncharacteristically uneven in the Denver game. I didn't think he was terrible. I just thought he was bizarre. He had some brutal throws. Then he had like the Kareem hook shot touchdown pass. That, like no one on the no one in the in NFL history is throwing that pass. So um, I still think he will win. Um, but. You know, we'll see. And listen, Vlad, I hear you, man. You know, Hurts at 380 and three TDs and 135, 10 against Man, but I can sit there and I can cherry pick games too. I mean, Mahomes destroyed Tampa. He lit up the Cardinals. Like, I can pick a lot of games like that too where Mahomes has gotten nuts. So that's all fine and well. I mean, what did Hurts do this past weekend? I know they won the game, but I mean, Hurts, Hurts was offensively speaking. I'm going to look it up right now because I remember seeing the stat line. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, oh my God, either. I mean, he, he went 21 to 31 for 217 yards and two touchdowns. He was fine. They ran for 77 yards and had a touchdown as well. Fair enough. Um, but, you know, there there have been games, not so much with the picks because he's only thrown three to his credit. But, I mean, there have been a lot of games this year where, you know, I mean, against the Lions, he had no touchdowns. He completed 56% of his passes. You know, against the Packers, he threw for 153 yards and and had, you know, what? Uh, he completed 57% of his throws. And I ran for a buck 57. So, I mean, again, you have to factor that in. But even if you factor in all his rushing yardage, he's still like 600 yards shy of Mahomes. So for me, like I respect it. Like I I get it. I hear all that. But for me, like who, like if you had, if you had to bet your life on one of those guys winning a game, same team around them, who are you taking? Yeah. You're going Mahomes every time. I mean, I mean, Jalen Hurts' family would take Mahomes. Right. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, He's only got he he runs down in the red zone. He's a weapon down there. He only has twenty two passing touchdowns, which is good, you know. But when they when they when they make those graphics for social media and they're trying to stack up the MVP argument, they're the total touchdowns, right? You know, so they've got to they've got to add they add those total touchdowns up to a, to a guy who runs a lot in the red zone to a guy who doesn't to make it look like oh they're close in touchdowns, but you know. I mean, look, I'm not taking away from his from his running, but I don't want Patrick Mahomes running in the red zone unless he has to. I also well, – well, yeah, for sure. Also, the other part of this, like, again – and again, I'm not trying to denigrate Hurts. Hurts is – I've loved this game. Hurts has had an amazing year. But if you're asking me who I think is more valuable to his team, I think you could have – you could have Derek Carr in the Eagles and they'd be a 10-11 win team. Like, I, if you put Derek Carr in the Chiefs right now, they're fighting just to make the playoffs. I mean, that that's the way I look at it. Both having a great season. We'll see how it shakes out. I think for Mahomes, I think if he, I think if he throws three touchdowns in each of the next four games and lands at forty-five, right? You know, passing touchdowns with the yardage being, you know, maybe going over five thousand. I don't know how he 
how he uh, he might set the all time record for passing yardage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we we've got the queen is here. That's right. How you doing? Good. Good. Who's your favorite football player? The Chiefs. Oh, your favorite team. Who's your favorite player on the Chiefs? Yeah, so we know who your MVP vote's going yeah, to. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's uh, – I think we're to the point we're picking the game. This jumps yeah, right. So yeah, what's uh, What do you have? What do you have for the game? Uh, you know, I thought hard about this. I really almost picked the Texans. Uh, no, obviously got the Chiefs. Um, I'm going Chiefs 30, Texans 17. It really burns me up to be giving the Texans 17 points. But I just – until the Chiefs defense shows me something – like they might score twenty one, they might score twenty four, for all I know. The way this yeah, definitely could. I hope not. But Chiefs thirty, Texans seventeen. Hopefully, it's it's the Chiefs hang fifty on. I'll be brief. I also picked seventeen. I have a thirty four to seventeen. So you pick them not to cover. I will. I'll be a dope and pick them to cover because he never cover these spreads. Uh, ben Heisler laid all that out on Thursday morning, uh, but I will. I will pick them uh, to cover thirty four to seventeen. All righty. Well, listen, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show. Again, another special thank you to everybody who came out to Tanner's last weekend. It was absolutely incredible getting to meet all of you. We hope that we will be back either during the playoffs or maybe for the draft. The draft's going to be in Kansas City. I think we'll be out there one way or another. Um, If you're interested in becoming a member, check out the link in the description. The schedule is as follows. We will be back on Sunday. It's a noon kick, so no pregame show or anything like that, but we'll be back after the game sometime for the Chiefs postgame show. Verderam won't be with us. He's going to be uh, spending some time with some family. So, uh, But make sure you still tune in. Uh, I'll get mad about something and uh, try to do do a, a Verderan or, or maybe uh, you know, I'll insult Sterling and, and get him angry and we'll get him going. But um, we'll, try, we'll do our best to fill the void, man. Um, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Hit that like button and subscribe on your way out the door. We will see you on Sunday. But until then, for Matt Verderam, for producer Richard, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you Sunday. And as always, go Chiefs. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.